City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Hornets and Heartbreak on the All Hornets Podcast Network. One podcast feed with multiple shows, making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every angle. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. The All Hornets Podcast is affiliated with the Fans First Sports Podcast Group. On today's episode, uh, me and Tim are going to break down every single Eastern Conference team and give our pick for their over-under wins total this season. This is kind of a tradition. Uh, we did it three years ago. We're doing it again. So not that much Hornets talk today, but uh, we'll be back next week, uh, Wednesday night after the season opener against the Hawks. One side note, uh, that we had some audio issues in today's podcast, and I tried to edit it, uh, but there's little portions where you can hear some things going on in the background. Apologize about that, and next week uh, we will do better. So please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. So the Hornets have played two preseason games since we last spoke. uh, And they have their last preseason game tonight against the Celtics. And the season starts next Wednesday against the Hawks. Today, we're not going to talk that much about the Hornets. Instead, we're going to do our uh, semi-annual over-unders podcast for the Eastern Conference, an idea that Bill Simmons, Ryan Rosillo, and Joe House stole from us several years ago, uh, and they've since profited off of this idea. It was originally our idea for sure. Nobody else has done this before. Um, and yeah, we're if you listen to us three years ago, you know exactly the format for this episode. <laughs> Yep, I appreciate that. Um, if Spotify wants to send us ten million out of the twenty-five billion they sent us, then you know what? We'll split it up evenly. We'll we'll share it among the fans. Yeah. Uh, the format for the for the episode is going to be: we're going to do who we play for, who does he play for, uh, and we're going to name a, like an obscure player on an Eastern Conference team. Me and Tim have split up the the duties of covering the teams, seven teams each. Uh, and then we'll do the Hornets at the end. And uh, so, yeah, let's let's start it off, Tim. You're going to try to guess which team this person plays for. Goga Bitadze. The Celtics? No, he plays for the Magic. So that's the first team we're going to preview. 
Uh, he is the Magic last year were 26th in offensive rating, 16th in defensive rating, and 24th in net rating. Last year they won 35 games. Uh, this is basically going to be like, do you believe in Paolo and do you believe in Franz Wagner? That's going to influence what you pick for for this team. They're over under set at 37 and a half. So that's you know if you pick the over, that's three more games than they won last year. They didn't lose many players this offseason. They're adding two lottery picks and Anthony Black and Jet Howard. Um, and Tim, you're going to hate me. I'm taking a very slight over for the Magic. I I think that that's a little fair. I'm actually taking the over as well. Um, they okay. have two lottery picks. But, like, not all lottery picks are built equally. I kind of think they whiffed. On definitely at least one of them. Not a huge Anthony Black guy, not a huge Jet Howard guy, but my boy Markel Fultz as a point guard and really high on Franz. And it's someone who I thought that it was like a chic pick to be like, oh, you know, actually Franz has a higher upside than Paulo. And now that's just been like adopted by like any semi smart, like wannabe. Uh, commentator, I just think they have like two killer forwards, and as long as they have a point guard, they can just like set them up for fifty-five games this year. I think they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I could see, I could see them hitting the under as well. This is like a close one for me, but basically, with like a young team that increased their win total from the year before, um, I, I just see it continuing to climb. Like if not this year, then next year they're going to be above. 37 and a half. So I'm taking the over. I think like nobody's taking their under. I don't, I don't think anybody in the world is taking the the magic under this year. Um, Just like basically natural progression between Paolo and Franz. Like if they stay healthy, they're going to have to figure out like which one of their young guards to go with. Right. And I guess Markel Fultz is still in in that group, but like Anthony black, then they have Jalen Suggs, like who's going to get minutes. You know, I think I um, think Markel Fultz is definitely like the leader of that group right now. No, I'm saying young guards. I'm saying I don't know if he's a young guard anymore. Yeah, I guess we're just old. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sad realization early in the podcast. Markel Fultz is no longer a young guard. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's the magic. I don't have like that many more thoughts. Um, I went with that one because I thought that Gogo Patadze would would stump you, and I was correct. Also, context like. Three years ago when we did this podcast, I uh, guessed six out of the seven correctly uh, and beat Tim. So I'm off to a good start. Tim's 0 for 1. Tim, All Tim right, who, well, who, you got, who you got next? Don't, you know, I'm I'm Amazon shipping you a nice handguard from patting yourself on the back. Okay. You know, okay. From, you, from you cheating. But all jokes aside, <laughs> um, the, even like I took... I took the over. That's kind of based on the fact that, like, after a five and twenty start, they did actually like play five hundred ball. Okay, um, we'll start with who does he play for? Alec Burks. Ooh. Pistons. You're a dick. All right. <laughs> yes. Yes. And see how I did it quickly, Tim. You know I'm not cheating. I, everybody, I'm just good at this game. I'm built different. I, I, I'm i going to continue the success this year. 
Um, and yeah, what do you got for the Pistons, Tim? <laughs> um, so they're over under last year. They went um seventeen in sixty three, but with a fair qualifier of Cade Cunningham only played twelve games last year, and he was hurt for most of them. So their Vegas over under is twenty seven and a half games. I'm banging that under. Mm-hmm. Where are you at? Yeah, also also hitting the under. Dude, they haven't won 24 games since the 2018-19 season. That's a year before COVID. Like, that's so long ago. What's to make you think that this team... Yes, Cade was not healthy last year, but guess what? He also was healthy the year before that. And they still won, like, 20-something games, or low, low 20s in games. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely taking the under... I think this team is still early in their like rebuilding stages. They have their centerpiece in Cade Cunningham, but you know, we didn't see him play at all, at all last year. So um, there's a lot to be proven. And until you see otherwise, I mean, that's a high number for them. I think like, like why are the wizards 24 and a half and the Pistons are 27 and a half. I think they should be like basically the same number. I think a lot of that is baked into the fact that like, Oh, Cade, Durant, oh, they have Wiseman, and they have Backley, like, they just have, like, you know, maybe, like, one and a half good guards, and I, I like, I believe in Cade, um, you know, I was really high on him before the draft, even though he lied about his height, coward, um, but, yeah, I just, I just don't see it, um, last year, four teams went under that total, and I just, can't really see the Pistons, you know, being one of like the teams in play in contention. I think they're, I think they're out. I think the Dwayne Casey move was something that Hornets fans like maybe kind of look forward to. Like, I think that was like a bold move, like to spend the money. But man, I think they're going to be dog shit bad. Mm. Yeah. No, I think, I think they're going to be towards the bottom of the East. It's them, them and the Wizards for me. For the for the two worst teams um, in the Eastern Conference, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off with the with the next team on the list. Um, who does he play for? R.J. Hampton. God, we we just we just played them. Oh, yeah, I'm... we did we did. It's it's down to uh, three teams. So two like teams. The, the team the team before the Thunder. Um, I'm I'm the the Miami Heat. Yeah, he plays for the Heat. He plays for the Heat. All right, all right. One and two. You're or one out. Of, one and one, Tim. Uh, you're making it making it close this year. Uh, yeah. The Heat had 25th in offensive rating, 9th in defensive rating, and 21st in net rating. Taking those numbers into account, uh, it is just crazy that this team made the finals. They lost Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, but Tim, they added Cole Swider. Cole Swider. 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 Uh, the new Steph Curry, yeah, as we saw in preseason. Hawkes, uh, their rookie looks pretty good. They got Josh Richardson. They got R.J. Hampton too. I'm, I'm actually like, I'm pretty much joking with all those names that I, that I named. But like, the Heat just have a way of filling in these ro- seemingly like voids in their roster with players that you've never heard of. Um, specifically, like Cole Swider, I'd never heard of until that preseason game. And you know, losing Gabe Vincent, Max Drew should be detrimental, but. 
I like have a belief that they're going to find a way. Um, and last year they won 44 games this year. Their over under is at 44 and a half. I'm going to say that they're like a more confident regular season team after make, making it to the finals. And I'm going to take the over. I am going to take the under, but I'm taking by a half game. Yeah. Yeah. This is like one of the hardest ones. I think. I think this is like the hardest of all the over-unders because Spolster is the best coach in the league. Like, what would you trade on the Hornets roster for Eric Spolstra guaranteed three years? PJ Washington. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, Kai Jones is a little busy right now. But, yeah, I mean, I just – I mean, I've watched him, like, look at, like, oh, wow, Wayne Ellington? Nine three-pointers a game? Oh, man, he's really good. Like, every year, it's like they just outperform. Um, yeah, I think that they're one of those teams where Jimmy Butler is just not afraid to play the Brooklyn Nets in a play-in game. Yeah. I think they're going to, like, you know, shuffle through and then just feel confident. Yeah, I would, I would book them, like, right at, like, 43 wins. Yeah, and I mean, I'm kind of there with you, like seven seed, six seed. I guess I lean towards like six seed where they hit like 45 wins and they hit their over. Um, but just a very like slight disagreement on where we see the Heat uh, finishing this year. This this team will come up later in the podcast. If I told you that Evan Mobley turned into Bam Adebayo, would you be disappointed by that? No, no, I don't think so. I think that's about yeah. right. I think that's like a state of expectations where, yeah, it's like if you told me like, no, second pick in the draft, third pick in the draft, or I guess third pick in the draft, like, oh, yeah, he's going to be like a slightly better Bam. I think that's fair because um, mm-hmm. I think that Bam is kind of like one of my favorite players in the league to watch. I think that, um, you know, Butler, he's got his own case. Harrow, underrated. And, you know, just from my time loving the Raptors, Kyle Lowry, he's just a professional. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they're going to be all right. Okay, moving on from the Heat, we have a um, who does he play for? And that person is Daniel Tice. Oh, I know this. Um, Indiana. Ah, you are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you got for Indiana? Okay, so their over-under is 38 and a half wins. Last year, they won 35 games. But Tyrese Halliburton did miss 26 games. Mm-hmm. So I'm banging the over. Okay. Um, so what I what I've got for the Pacers is their starting lineup is like really sick, and they have Buddy Heald right now. They're bringing him off the bench. They're starting like Ben Matherin, Tyrese Halliburton, Bruce Brown, um, Obi Toppin, and uh, Miles Turner. So they have Buddy Heald coming off the bench, but after that, they have like nobody. They have no bi- nobody else that can create offense. So I think they're going to struggle in their bench units. I think they have a lack of depth. Uh, and for that reason, and for the reason that Tyrese Halliburton uh, was drafted in the same draft class as LaMelo Ball, 
I'm taking the under. I, I disagree with you here. I would like that to be the case. This is my counter. Um, in the 56 games he played, uh, when Halliburton was on the court, they had a 129 offensive rating. What? That's yeah. crazy high. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he also led the league in assist percentage, and he was right around like 11.5% on turnover percentage. I think that he is just like one of the last, like, I mean, to call him like a, he's not like a Mark Jackson style point guard, like set him up, knock him down. But I do think that like he is, you know, from like a different era and kind of a killer point guard. That mm. like you know, when I hear like Obi Toppin has come around, like also high on Ben Matherin, his free throw rate is fantastic. Um, Buddy Healed, maybe he wants to go, but they might turn that into a solid power forward. I just think that they can, you know, if they're not tanking down the stretch that an extra three wins is not that much. Yeah. Yeah, so the reason why I knew who Daniel Tice plays for is because he's, like, their only backup center. Like, I was, like, looking at how they don't have any other players, and, like, he's their backup center. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on Halliburton. This is going to be the year, I think, where we, like, kind of get an answer on who's better, Tyrese Halliburton, LaMelo Ball, like, Last year, people would definitely say Halliburton. Going into this year, people will say Halliburton, but uh, I disagree with that, right? I, I think Lamelo just hasn't hasn't played uh, this past year, and I think this year is kind of the year for him to to prove uh, that he is better than his his counterpart in Tyrese Halliburton. Um, but yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the under because I don't think they have a bench unit. What about um a year from now? We're redoing this podcast. And I'm like, okay, LaMelo averaged 22, 6, and 9. And Halliburton was, you know, 19, 4, and 11. Right. Then LaMelo and they won. And they had the same record. What would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Then I guess it's, I guess it's still up for debate. It might, it, might be, it might be a debate that goes on for years and years. Rookie year, LaMelo won. I'd say second year, LaMelo won. But third year, Tyrus Halliburton certainly, certainly won. Okay. Fair, um, fair. Yeah. Cool. All right, my next one. Dwayne Dedman. Who does he play for? Dwayne Dedman plays for plays for the Wizards. He plays for Philadelphia. He plays God. for the 76ers. Ah, now they definitely wouldn't have three centers Ugh. four four including Harold. um they have they have some center depth uh and yeah he signed with with them i guess at the end of last season not seeing a lot of run um but philadelphia last year fourth in offensive rating eighth in defensive rating third overall net rating it's pretty good uh and their over under tim is 47 and a half wins and I'm going to go ahead and just run through their win totals for the past five, six seasons. 2017, 18, 52 wins. 18, 19, 51 wins. 19, 20, 43 wins in a shortened season. If you extrapolate that out, that is 49 wins. 2021, 49 wins. 21, 22, 51 wins. 22, 23, 54 wins. They haven't been under 49 wins with Joel Embiid. Okay? With or without James Harden, I'm taking the over. 
They still have Embiid. He's the reigning MVP, and he's just a notoriously good regular season player. Maxi could take a leap. They still have Tobias Harris. They added Melton, Oubre, Pat- Patrick Beverly. Like, James Harden's not nearly as good as he used to be. I don't think he's worth, like, seven wins. They had 54 wins last year. I don't see them dropping all the way to 47 wins. I think their core is still in place, and they're still going to be a good regular season team. This is, like, my hottest take, I guess, uh, of of the podcast, because I hear a lot of 76ers just, like, skepticism. Regular season, dude, they're still going to be good. They're still going to get to 50 wins, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm actually absolutely, like, in the same boat. Yeah. like love to like drag on them but it's like you know what 20 of the 30 teams would kill to have him beat i mean every every team would kill kill to have him beat i mean like he's still he's still a guaranteed in my opinion he's just a guaranteed 50 wins like fill in a decent roster and they have that he's a 50 win regular season player as long as he doesn't get hurt yeah yeah and like you know at this point like he's not having he's always had like odd injuries like, mm-hmm. you know, facial injuries, like, you know, he gets hurt, like, the, you know, end of the first round, or gets, like, the flu. I would love that. I honestly, I respect him, because there are certain times where, like, at work, I'm like, mm, oh, man, I feel kind of sick. I'm going to call out today. And Embiid just does that, but he only does it in the second round. Mm-hmm. So that has no inclusion in this. And Tyrese Maxey who I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I kind of just feel like he's a generic, like, when you make a create a player on 2K and, like, they just happen to slide from the seventh spot in the rotation to second. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like, Harden is good, but I think Embiid is, like, legitimately great, especially, like, in February. So they'll slide into that. Um, yeah. I think they'll definitely disappoint in the playoffs, but again, doesn't doesn't count against the uh, regular season. Cool. Uh, who do you have next? All right. Um, who does he play for? I have um, Garrett Temple. Ooh, don't know this one. Atlanta. Um, happily, you are incorrect. That is my Toronto Raptors. Okay. Okay. And- their previous record was 41 and 41. Um, they were the 12th ranked offense, the 12th ranked defense, and had the 12th ranked net rating, according to ESPN, um, or according to um, Basketball Reference. My apologies. Um, and their Vegas over under is 36 and a half. I'm taking the under. What do you got? Yeah, so I'm also going under. I guess we should mention that we got all the over-unders from from FanDuel uh, specifically. But, I mean, there might be some like slightly different numbers out there, but but FanDuel is what we went with. Um, and, yeah, they lost Van Vliet. And more importantly, honestly, they lost Nick Nurse. And we, we talked about this kind of before the pod. We were just talking about all these teams. And, like, the Raptors just don't have a good point guard. And it's really hard to be good in the NBA without a good point guard. They also, you know, Nick Nurse was, I mean, was at some point like the hottest coach in the league. Uh, people, Some people would argue he's one of the top three, top five coaches in the league. I'd agree with that. And, um, yeah, I, I just, like, have a hard time getting excited about the Raptors. I guess the X factor is, like, is Scotty Barnes going to progress? Because last year he just kind of stayed the same, slash maybe even slightly regressed. 
Um, but if he if he comes out like much better than his rookie season, then the Raptors could be could be hitting this over. But I'm I'm taking the under as well, Tim. Yeah, that's that's my X factor as well. We're like, I mean, this is definitely a little hyperbolic, but it's like people were comparing Scotty Barnes to like Kawhi Leonard after his first year. Are we sure he's not closer to like Thad Young 2.0? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I think that they this team just struggles with having like a creator. I mean, if Dennis Schroeder can can play like he did in FIBA, then I guess the Raptors, you know, might might be a good team. Um, this falls into the category of like it's one of those meh teams that you're just not excited about. But like, I'm scared taking the under for them if that makes sense because they did win 41 games last year. They did, yeah, with, with Fred being out. It's just the, like, we talked about it this offseason where, like, or even, like, you know, summer league and preseason, ooh, we're a little scared about, you know, Frank Tilakina, you know, Frankie Smokes, um, Teo Maldon. Like, same thing with, like, the NFL. It's like, if you have, like, a half-decent quarterback, yeah, you can win seven games. In the NBA, like, dude, if you do not have a point guard, let alone a backup point guard, that's just, like, really hard. Unless you have, like, LeBron James or Kevin Durant. Like, they don't have anyone, like, is Pascal Siakam is, I think, underrated. But he is not just going to, like, win you games Yeah. against, like, a random team in December. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. Um, and let's move on to another team. Tim, I got, uh, Mike Muscala. Who does he play for? Oh man, this kill me. All right. So he was on the thunder for years or like, you know, hyped up. If it helps, you have the wizard Celtics bucks and bulls left. Some Celtics. He's on the Wizards, Tim. He's on the Wizards. That was, that was my second choice. But I was like, I feel like he'd already been there. Okay. All right. Give me the rundown. Yeah. Last year, they had an offensive rating of 20, uh, 22nd in the league, defensive rating 21st, and net rating 23rd. Um, and those are already bad, but those numbers are, are relevant because this team is like completely different. They don't have Bradley Beal. They don't have Porzingis. And to me, this is the worst roster in the NBA. The best player on the team is Kyle Kuzma. Uh, and I like Kyle Kuzma. He's like a third option. This team sucks. Um, I guess if Poole returns to his form from like two years ago, then maybe I could see the over. I just don't really see that happening. Um, so I'm going to take the under. They're 24 and a half wins, the lowest win total uh, estimation of any team. Um, and I'm still taking the under. I hate being an optimist. Um, I'm taking the over, dude. Why? <laughs> Why? Uh, because I think I think that Bradley Beal and Porzingis both was like meh, and I think that Jordan Poole this year will be a better player than Bradley Beal, like even adjusted to their circumstance. Wait, really? That's yeah. a hot take. I do. There was a time like we have like text message records against the Nuggets in the year the uh, Warriors won the championship, where we were like, wow. Man, it's kind of like more fun to watch Jordan Poole than Steph. And like, obviously, that doesn't translate to wins. But, dude, I think that he is better than people gave him the chance for. Like, obviously, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, 
Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they do not like him, but I think that Jordan Poole is like good for like 23 a game. And that doesn't lead to wins. But assuming that they don't have, you know, like their ownership, Ted Leonsis, has never been like, all right, we're going to sell this whole team off. We're going to get like, you know, second overall pick. I just think that they're going to going to run through some teams the first uh the first like three months of the season yeah i i completely disagree with you i think i think jordan Poole last year is going to be that's going to be a reflection of what he does on this team as well it's going to be a lot of bad shots from from jp uh and i don't see i don't see how this team makes it to 24 wins but uh what if i told you what if i told you how kuzma owns the hornets that's and true. So that's, that's two wins. Mm. Gotta, we just got to figure out the other 22. <laughs> I just think that's a really low total coming from a team that, like, Bradley Beal was not good. And he played, like, half the games. It's like, man, if Jordan Poole just pushes, like, 65 games and Kuzma can tear up, like, some random teams on, like, a Wednesday... 24 and a half is not like nothing. I, I don't know. I, I disagree with you, but but this will be a fun one to uh, go back and forth on. When the when the Hornets beat the Wizards by 30 points, we'll be talking about it. Um, <laughs> I hope who's, we do. Who's up, who's up next? All right. Um, up next, I'll have who does he play for? And I have Harry Giles. Ooh, come on, bro. The Nets? Oh. Uh, okay. All right. Let's go. Three and one. Three and one. Come back from last last I'm just I'm gonna put it out here. Mark just happened to mention. He's like, Yeah, man, I was looking at the um the Wizards ro- the Nets roster. Like I did not say that. I didn't I didn't I didn't look at the Nets roster. I looked at uh I looked at Indiana's roster and I looked at somebody else's roster. I have dude, I had no idea. I was between the Nets and the Cavs. I just randomly said the Nets. Must be nice. Yeah. Three and one, baby. All right. Well, um, I'll run, I'll run through the rest. Uh, the Nets were 45 and 37 last year. They were 11 and 13 post All-Star break. So post Kyrie, post KD. Um, they were 10th in offensive rating, 10th in defensive rating, and 20th in pace. But, you know, post-All-Star break, they were closer to 20th and 10th. Mm. Yeah. So are you taking the uh, over or under? I'm taking the under at 37.5. I kind of think they are the anti-league pass team where I'm just like, other than the games that they play against the Hornets, I have no interest in watching this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and when Mikael Bridges is your best player, it's it's kind of a problem. He was great after the All-Star break. We looked up these numbers earlier. It was like 27 points per game uh, after the All-Star break for Mikael Bridges. But he still should not be the best player on an NBA team. The same argument I had like for Kyle Kuzma being the best player on the Wizards. I'm going to bring that up here. And this number is like really high, 37 and a half. Like it's higher, it's the same as the Magic, right? It's the same as the Bull, or the Magic was even higher, maybe. But the, it's the same as the Bulls. Um, and this is just a very unproven roster, where like 
what is it? 30, is it 37 and a half? Cause Ben Simmons might be good. Like I'm taking the under for sure. Um, I don't see, I don't see this team being a 40 win team. I see them being a 30 win team, like 30 flat. Uh, so it's a hard under for me on this one. Yeah. I mean, like in a way, like, would you rather have to like, you know, like where you are now, it's February you have to watch all the Pistons games or all the Nets games. What would you choose? Probably the Pistons. Yeah, it's a good it's a good argument. Um, I mean, I guess that's not an argument for like how how good they're gonna be. I, I mean, I yeah. think they'll be better than the Pistons, but yeah, it's another it's another like kind of boring team. Um, where okay, I mean, they have like Cam Johnson, they have Mikael Bridges, they have some <laughs> some things going on, but like Mikael Bridges as your centerpiece is not not exactly exciting to me. Um, he should be, he should be the, he went from like literally the fourth best player on the Suns to being the best player on a team. And that should, to me, that should be a reflection of the team's not going to win that many games. <laughs> yeah. Like, not like the fourth best player, but like he was like the defensive stopper. It's like, man, if you could have any wing in the NBA to guard Luca. You'd want Bridges. And then it's like, oh, well, Luca averaged 40 a game against him? Yeah. Yeah, man, dude, him and Nick's, Nick Claxton, that's a duo. That's yeah, a duo I think, right there. I think the Nets are going to be pretty much unwatchable. Um, I I agree. Um, next up on my list, Tim, I got Tory Craig. Who does he play for? Bulls, Celtics, and Bucks. That's what you got left. Bucks. Bulls. He plays for the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, offensive rating of 24th last year for the Bulls. Defensive rating of 5th. Net rating of 13th. And, yeah, we're getting we're getting to the doldrums of the of the East with these past few picks. Like, one of the most boring teams in the NBA. They're essentially running back the exact same squad as last year. Uh, added Torrey Gregg. Lonzo's not playing again this year, which is very sad. Um, and DeMar is on an expiring deal. They're over-unders at 37 and a half. The past two years, they won 40 games, and I think like 48 games the year before. Um, so in, in like theory, there's no te- reason this team should be any worse. But this team, like the Bulls scream trade te- deadline, blow it up and, and rebuild to me, trade DeMar and, and tank, um, and like maybe rest Zach Levine or something. And so if they don't do that, they might hit the over. But for that reason, I'm going to take the under at 37 and a half. This podcast is brought to you by AllHornets.com, a credentialed Charlotte Hornets outlet powered by Sports Illustrated. AllHornets.com aim is to bring you 360-degree coverage on all things Charlotte Hornets. From breaking news, rumors, fan Q&As, and in-depth analysis, AllHornets.com covers it all, and nobody does it better. Back to the show. Um, All right, who we got next? All right. Um, I'm at 3-1 right now, Tim. You're 1-4. So you're gonna need some a little bit of luck here. Yeah, if only I would have looked at the roster beforehand. I will say, um, I would go with um Isaiah Robbie. Ooh, no clue. Uh, Knicks. It's just it's such a blind guess. I'm so happy you've just got these blind guesses right <laughs> over the course of like four. I don't know if you. I don't know if you believe me. This one, I knew the Pacers one. I didn't know any of the other ones. Yeah, it's just starting to feel a little suspicious. Yeah, I can see I can see why. I'm so good at this game. 
Um, but yeah, no, I have the um, I have the New York Knicks. Um, their over under is forty five and a half. Last year they won forty seven games. Hmm. I'm taking the under. Where are you at? Their major additions were Dante DiVincenzo. I'm also taking the under. Um, last year they had a good season. They finished in fifth place in the East. But I think that the East like got a little bit better. The Bucks, the Celtics both definitely got better. Um, and the year before they had like a down year where they won like 38 games or something like that. And this feels like like last year to me was not an aberration, but like they were a little bit too hot to like I, I mean it doesn't doesn't make sense with with some of their roster. Um, I don't really believe in them being like a consistent 48 win team. I'm not saying like hammer the under, but 45 and a half, that seems like a little high for this Knicks team. And then you compare that to like other teams like Atlanta's at 41 and a half. I don't really understand why the Knicks would be better than Atlanta this year. Um, So that's sort of what I'm basing my decision off of. certain point Tibbs gets kind of annoying um you know it was really cool the Jalen Brunson run last year I saw him on the um on the ringer he was listed above LaMelo Ball Mm. on the top 100 players list yeah which I mean it's cool like I'm not like I do think that Brunson is good but just because you can beat up on Donovan Mitchell, who's a proven loser, I don't know if you should be bumped up that much. And also, Tibbs, in year four, people might get a little tired of it. Um, but I do have to say, I mean, last year, they were fifth in offensive rating. Really? Wait. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. What do you think about R.J. Barrett? Uh, well, that's my X factor. <laughs> like, I mean, is he actually any good? Like, that's... we talked about this in year one of the pod, where like the difference between getting the third pick in one draft versus the other, like RJ Baird versus Lamelo, kind of a huge difference. And I don't know. It's like RJ Baird is good, but it's also like, can he ever just be good for like more than five games in a row? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not asking for LeBron James stats. I'm just asking for like, can you average like 22, five and five without six turnovers and 40% shooting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, we'll see. I know Alex Ruby's listening to this and just pissed off that we both just took the under. So sorry, Alex, but uh, not not an ex believer. Also, we'll um, we'll tell Alex Ruby because he um, he gave me shit about like, dude. Kai Jones is definitely better than Obi Toppin. <laughs> He's out of the Ow. league. He's get, out of the league get, now. Get back to me now, Alex. <laughs> nice. I like a little call out on the pod. Um, all right. L- last two teams. Tim, you got the Celtics and the Bucks left. Um, Svi Mikhailiuk, Hornets legend. Who does he play for? Bucks. He plays for the Celtics. I'm I sorry, just seem too obvious. I'm sorry, oh, man. I'm sorry. Uh, very good regular season team last year. The Celtics second in offensive rating, third in defensive rating, making them first in net rating. The roster is very different. They've added Porzingis and Drew Holiday. They lost Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, and Malcolm Brogdon. 
And I've always been, Tim, a little bit on the like anti-Drew Holiday hype. Um, he gets a lot of hype from national media. Like he's kind of like a, I don't know, a blog boy's favorite where he, you know, he does all these defensive things. Here are shooting numbers for the regular season versus the playoffs for the past three seasons. In 2020-2021, effective field goal percentage in the regular season. That dropped to 46% in the playoffs. That's a 11.5 point drop. 21-22, 57.2 effective field goal percentage in the regular season. That dropped to 44% in the playoffs. That is a 13% Ooh. drop. And in 22-23, he had a 7% drop-off in the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think he's a very good postseason player, but that actually doesn't matter with what we're talking about. They are over-unders at 54.5 wins. I'm taking the over. Good good regular season team. Ooh, really, I'm got to say one of my lock-it-in bets under. Ooh, explain, explain. You don't think they're better than last year? Um, no, actually, I don't think they're better than last year. Um, I think that, you know, it's fun to hate on Marcus Smart, but Drew Holiday, a little underwhelming. I think they're going to be, I guess, probably similar to last year where, like, hey, if they make 23s in a game, they're really good. Mm-hmm. But I just think there's going to be so many slogs where, like, man, the Celtics haven't broken 115 points in two weeks. Not a big fan of Drew Holiday on offense. Um, Marcus Smart definitely had its deficiencies, but um, trusted a little bit more. And Porzingis, like everyone is like, oh man, you know, Porzingis so happy to be in Boston. It's like, okay, I mean, Luca is better than Tatum, and let's say like they have like a more proper offensive system. I think by February, Porzingis is going to be like, dude. Why the fuck can I not post up? <laughs> yeah. Like, why Why am I not getting six post-ups a game? Yeah. Yeah, they do kind of have too many mouths to feed now, right? Um, with Drew Holiday and Porzingis added. Like Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Brogdon, you know, they might not be as good of players as those two players, but they all, like, knew their role uh, a little bit better. Maybe not Marcus Smart, but the, all the other ones knew their role Um more so than than Drew and, and Porzingis. I could also see it happening with Drew. He's like, wait, I'm not averaging 20 points per game. I'm not an all-star. You know? Um, so there's <laughs> there's a there's a little bit of that going on. Um, I still think they're gonna be good in the regular season. I think that I, I like agree with you. Um, and I wanted to take the under, but like last year they won 57. I, I think they're gonna be good again. Um but it, there's a there's a case to be made that like losing Robert Williams, even Grant Williams, like that that is just cutting down your depth quite a bit. Yeah, especially where like Horford is going to be the backup. You know, Williams is out, so it's like if either Porzingis or Horford get injured, it's like Luke Kennard do that. It's not great. Um, I'll say this this guy at my work who was like a super psycho, dedicated Boston fan. Like after like week two, I asked him about Mac Jones versus Bryce Young. And he was like, I wouldn't trade Mac Jones for Bryce Young. What? And then the other day he hit me up and he was like, I'll give you like, you know, win, lose, like straight up a hundred bucks if the Celtics make it out of the Eastern Conference Finals. And I was like, 
yeah. I was like, I'll do $250. They won't make it out. And I went to shake his hand and he slipped out. He's like, oh, yeah, it's like a little aggressive. Yeah. He doesn't Celtics do under. Man, Celtics nah, under. they just didn't have the offense, dude. Yeah. I I get I guess they don't have the offense. Uh, they don't have who is their best playmaker? Drew Holiday. Yeah, that's not gonna work. I mean, it like it barely worked with Giannis. Giannis is so much better than Jason Tatum. Like it's not even close. Yeah, I guess the counter argument would be that I mean they have Jalen Brown and they have more more options. Um, is Jalen Brown really that much better than Chris Middleton? Yes, especially last what year. If, what if Dame Lillard is involved? Well, then yeah, then it's then it's a big difference. Well, I, mean, Chris, I mean, it does count. Yeah, I expect Chris Middleton to have like a bounce back season. I mean, we're about to do the Bucks. We can save that. We can save that for the Bucks. Who you got next? All right. Um, who does he play for? Bruno Fernando. Cavs. All right. I appreciate you not cheating on this one. That is the Hawks. Okay. Good. I haven't cheated of the whole podcast. Let's go with the. Uh, let's go with the Hawks. What do you got for them? Um, their Vegas over under is forty one and a half wins, and I'm banging this over. Like no question. Like one of like the best bets of the season. Yeah. Forty one and a half. No doubt. I also, I also am super high on the over. Do they have a solid bench? They have Patty Mills, Sadiq Bay, and Yako Kongwu. Um, their starting lineup is basically the same as last year. They lost John Collins, but Trey Young. This goes back to like the Joel Embiid argument, where I said Joel Embiid is like a guaranteed fifty wins. Trey Young has become like a guaranteed like forty two wins, and they're they're at forty one and a half. Trey Trey Young's offense, like you can pick apart it for postseason play. You can say that it's not a sustainable option in the long term. I can agree with that, but they're going to win a lot of games. They have a talented squad. Bogdanovich, Dante Murray, um, I'm just naming Hawks players. But, I mean, they have a lot, they have lots of talent. And I don't see how this team's over-under is so low. And, again, I, I was thinking about, like, the Knicks in comparison. Like, I view those two teams very similarly going into this year. Um, so, 41.5 to me is, is an over. Uh, and we can do over-lock. Uh, I think we're stealing that from the other podcast, but yeah, overlock it in. Bet, bet, bet your mortgage on that one. Bet your mortgage on it. Also, I think that my big question for them this season is like, is Trey Young actually an asshole, or has he just had terrible coaching? Because mm. like Lloyd Pierce is unequivocally a bad coach, and Nate McMillan is just like. Yeah, he just like walked ass backwards into the Brandon Roy um, trailblazers and like, oh, he's a good coach. But it's like nothing actually signifies that. They were like the leading the league in mid-range percentage, like nothing there. Like I think that the I think that Quinn Snyder has covered up. Like if he can cover up all of Donovan Mitchell's terrible, terrible traits for five years four years i think that he can make trey young into a positive player trey young is by far the best um you know paint percentage assist guy in the league i think this team's going to be pretty good the only thing that's holding me back is i think dejounte murray kind of sucks <laughs> yeah there's like there's like talk about oh DeJ- it's going to become dejounte murray's team this year instead of trey young's team and i'm like what are we talking about uh 
I, I mean, I don't think he sucks, but I, I think he's he's not a perfect complement to Trey Young for sure. They're not two players that that should be like on the court at the same time all the time. Um, but in terms of like who's a better player, Trey Young or Dejounte Murray, I don't think it's close. Um, and we both listen to the Goat podcast. Andrew Sharp says he thinks it should be Dejounte Murray's team, and it's like, uh, have you seen the like Atlanta Hawks offensive numbers over the past few years with Trey Young at the helm? Um, yeah, to me, to me, it's an over, and I I agree with you. It is kind of a it's kind of an Atlanta Hawks make or break season. It feels like, um, but that that should be incentive for them to win forty eight games, not forty one. Yeah, I just think you know if everything goes all right, like even if they decide to trade Capella, like mid season, like if Okongwu is as good as people say, it's like okay, like you know you can get a little bit of juice for that and. Yeah, it's like, you know, just kind of working there. I think that Quinn Snyder is an amazing coach. Mm-hmm. And some of this comes from the fact that, you know, Donovan Mitchell, this would be like the last team we talk about. But, yeah, I think that Donovan Mitchell has just kind of been the most guarded player of the last, like, 10 years in the NBA. Where everyone is like, well, you just got to get in the right situation. And it's like, all he's ever done is had, like, Quinn Snyder, a top five coach in the league, Rudy Gobert, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Mike Conley, Bogdanovich. It's like, he's just been hidden by this. And I think that um, Quinn Snyder is a big part of that. And I think that he's fully going to implement this this season. I think the Hawks are going to be pretty nasty. I think the Hawks are going to finish above the heat this year in the regular season. Yeah, Um, I can see that. I can see that for sure. All right, last one, Tim. You have one option. Who does he play for? AJ Green. I mean, what my my last team is the the Bucks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year was his rookie season. He played in thirty five games in ten minutes per game. I don't know if you knew who AJ Green was, but uh, but man, it's what he did in those three hundred fifty minutes that count. <laughs> Some quick math, right there, dude. Twelfth uh, in offensive rating, fourth in defensive rating, fifth overall last year for the Bucks. They won fifty eight games. Their over under is at fifty three and a half. And this is kind of the same thing as the Celtics for me. Like, why would they be any worse? Damian Lillard, healthier Chris Middleton. This is an overlock for me, Tim. I I think the Bucks are going to be sick. Like, the idea of Giannis and Damian Lillard pick and rolls is just mind-boggling. I guess the one, like, thing that can make them go under is a, like, Lillard injury. You know, he struggled with injuries in recent years. But, like, even then, they still have the bones of, of Giannis and Chris Middleton. I don't understand this over-under being so low. Um, it's a full game below the Celtics. I think they're better than the Celtics. So, I'm taking the over. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, like, the big reason why it's going under is um, since Coach Bud has got there, like, you know, even, like, the Atlanta years, he's pretty much like a walking, like, 50-game, like, you know, like nail mark, but people are kind of overthinking it. It's Damian Lillard and Giannis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like that's why, like, you know, people are like, oh, the Celtics might give him trouble in the playoffs. And it's like, yeah, they might, but it's Giannis being guarded by a 45 year old Al Horford in a non existent Robert Williams. Like, I think they're just going to destroy teams. This year, like, I mean, they won't get to 65 wins, 
But I mean, I think they'll like comfortably roll into like 57. I completely agree with you. All right, last team, Tim. Uh, what do you got for who? Who does he play for? All right. Well, that player would be Ty Jerome. All right. Uh, Seattle SuperSonics. Oh no! Nah, actually, that is um that is a young shooting guard named Kevin Durant. <laughs> person that plays that role. No, that would be the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Who? I don't know. Maybe I zig or I zag brother zigs, but um. I think the Cavs are going to be kind of fucking awesome this year in the, the regular season. Mm. Yeah. And it, what, what was their like offensive rating last year and stuff? Do they, they, they have like incredible stats, right? Yeah. Their offensive rating, they were ninth overall. They were second in defensive rating, second in total net rating, last in pace. But they also like, they're not relying on like Ricky Rubio to be like, their backup point guard is like, the last spot but i just think that you know mitchell like maybe mitchell like he'll probably get traded it'll be after the playoffs mm-hmm. yeah like i do think that like Mobley's picked up. yeah yeah exactly so like they have that like they won um they won 51 games last year they just have to hit that mark and in the regular season i think their two center lineup with Mobley and allen is going to be pretty good Maybe, like, after this year, like, if things don't go all right, or, like, even All-Star break, like, they might swap that up. But, you know, Mobley is going to be a year older. They also, um, they brought in um, Max Struess. Um, They brought, you know, Dean Wade is still there. Like, I, I just think that they um, brought in uh, Jordy Yang. Yeah, who's the winningest player of the 2020s. Yeah. God bless. Yeah, I just think that they're going to be fine. Like, they're not going to be, like, a finals contender, but I think they are going to get, like, 52-53 wins. Seven teams last year passed that overall 50-and-a-half win mark. And, yeah, I think they're going to be one of those teams. I'm with you. I had the over as well. Uh, You know, I'm a stats guy. They had extremely good stats last year, like, the stats would recommend or would suggest that they should have won even more games than 51 games. And they're running back the same squad and they had added Max Struess. They have a young team that should improve every year. Um, so this is an easy over for me. I think this, this over under number is like a reflection of their playoff performance where people are down on the Cavs right now, but the number should be higher. Like they, they didn't choke in the regular season. They had a, a great regular season. And like I said, their stats suggest they should have won more games. Like it's just randomness that had them at 51 instead of like 54. Um, and there's no reason for them to be any worse. There's tons of reasons for them to be better. I'm taking the over um, as well. Tim, last team, the Charlotte Hornets, little known team, uh, 31 and a half. What do you think? Banging that over, boy. Banging it dude hey no question they've they've gone up from 30 and a half to 31 and a half there's no chance there's no chance we don't pop it even with all of the stuff that is going on no miles bridges no problem we are banging out 35 wins which is a depressing sentence to say out loud (laughs) yeah last year we won 27 games but that's with Lamelo playing 36 of them um barring LaMelo injury, I'm with you like over. And obviously the miles bridges situation 
Uh, you know, we haven't talked about that on the podcast yet, but like, I mean, the over under, like, just objectively, should is influenced by that by several games. Um, so you know, there's a few factors that that go into this, but I'm I'm with you. I'm taking I'm taking the over as well. Uh, barring, I'll, I'll say if Lamelo plays 40 games again, then then I would take the under. Well, dude, even if Lamelo plays 40 games, I mean, we still have. Kai Jones and James Booknight coming in. And Teo Maladon, too, right? <laughs> oh, dude, don't even get me started on Two-way Teo, dude. Two-way Teo. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Tim, what do, you, uh, what do you have for Media Corner? Um, I have the song um, Madeline from Yola Tango um, from 1998. I believe, um, honestly, just one of my favorite songs of all time. What you got? I mean, it, it sounds like the epitome of cool. Like it sounds like it was made for an indie movie that was never made. What you got? For me, I have the Edmund Sumner twenty two twenty three season highlights mixtape um, on YouTube. Uh, everyone, check that out. There's a couple of nice finishes over Giannis uh, in the early part of the video. Just go ahead and check that out. Solid off-ball guard. Uh, just sticking. A little, um, little behind-the-curtain thing, yes. Um, Mark and I were in a group message, and some people were maybe disparaging Edwin, Edmund Summer. And Mark was, like, genuinely just, like, you know, very earnest reaction. Like, dude, what do you guys mean? <laughs> he dropped 29 last year, dude, in a game. Uh yeah, I, we've had this off-ball guard argument going, so that was just a little shot at Tim. Tim, after I sent the Edmund Sumner highlights, he sent uh, highlights of Grant Riller and said same vibes <laughs> in the group chat. So yeah, lifting behind the curtain. Uh, me and Tim have this ongoing debate about who's better between Edmund Sumner and Teo Maladon. It's um, like the most depressing debate of all time. <laughs> I right. hate myself more. <laughs> All right, Tim. Uh, it's been real, dude. Nice. This was a good podcast. I'll, I enjoy doing this this one every year. Yeah, man. I, I love it as well. And thank you for everyone that took the time to uh, listen. If you could be so kind as to rate, review, and subscribe, it would be much appreciated. All right, Tim. Peace. Peace.